All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. I am your co-host, Mark Morell, also known as Mark Knight, one half of the most illustrious tag team in the entire galaxy, universe, metalverse, and everything in between. I welcome you to, and we thank you for tuning in to this here episode. Uh, my co-host, Dietrich Davis, is um, at the crib right now working on some uh, new episodes and new ideas so we can bring you guys some more wrestling content. And we thank you just for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're listening to us on your favorite streams, please let us know. We'll shout them out for you because we are all over the place. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbeam, CastBox, Deezer, Tuned In, and Podcast Addict. So I'm going to get into a lot of news. There's a lot that has been going on. Uh, We have news out of the AEW camp with the... uh, introduction of the video games that will be coming out on the next generation consoles and the mobile devices and stuff like that so we got a lot going on there we got some returns we got some debuts and uh we got some ideas of uh personal of um potential relationships i'm also going to get into some new japan news i'm also going to talk about eight i'm going to talk about the national wrestling alliance and where they fit in with um all Elite Wrestling, and I'm also going to talk about um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, of course, the build-up for Wrestle Kingdom, and some of the ideas that I have in my brain as to what I see happening, and uh, some of the matches that are going to be taking place uh, going forward. Uh, there's been several title changes that did take place as well, so we will be talking about that. So first, let's get right into All Elite Wrestling. Um Let's get right into it. This past weekend was their um, full gear pay-per-view, which took place on Saturday night. We've had two title changes. We got two new champions crowned, and I need to talk about those, and we're going to get right into it. So the opening contest on their dark match, we had Serena Deeb defending the NWA Women's World title against uh, the former champion, Allison Kay. Allison Kay definitely is a a name that has... um, Definitely made some waves throughout the um, resurgence of the National Wrestling Alliance. And she was a big part of that division. um, Holding it down along with um, Thunder Rosa and uh, Jesus H. Rice. Um, We have her. Um, A whole bunch of um, females and stuff that were a part of it. Uh, Melina. And I'm thinking of the, uh, the young Spanish sister that was also there as well. Um, there was a lot of lot of sisters there that was involved in the uh, women's division for the NWA, and um, they've done some really big things. But Allison Kay was the um, flag bearer for the um, division at the time, and um, she came back. She came to AEW. She meant to make the challenge for the women's title, but uh, Serena Deeb, of course, many of you remember Serena Deeb from her um, days in the WWE as a part of the Straight Edge Society with CM Punk, Doc Gallows. Um, She's made some headroom up in there, ladies and gentlemen, as the NWA champion. Um, this was an opportunity to show Kay that she can um, come to being a part of AEW and making a name for herself. And the same thing with um, with Deeb. So it was Serena Deeb getting the, uh, the win and retaining the NWA Women's World title. At the end of the bout, Thunder Rosa comes out to issue the challenge to get and crack to regain the NWA Women's World title as well. Then the opening contest for the event was uh, Orange Cassidy going over on John Silver. 
Orange Cassidy of the uh, Best Friends, uh, the one of the network's uh, favorite talents, definitely did his thing in his match against John Silver. John Silver definitely is becoming one of the more popular wrestlers on Being the Elite and continues to be a standout inside the ring. Uh, it was a awesome contest between the both of these guys, but um, it was Orange Cassidy who got the win. I really didn't know too much about John Silver's background as um, as a pro wrestler, but uh, come to find out that he was trained by Mikey Whipwreck, so uh, John Silver definitely has a, a, a strong backing for himself. So look for um, John Silver to definitely become a major star and a major player in the wrestling world and especially in AEW. Then after uh, several months of buildup, several weeks of buildup, we have Chris Jericho taking on MJF. If MJF wins, he joins the inner circle. Uh, very good match. If you guys have been following the story of MJF and Jericho, these guys have been um, adding in a lot of humor and things and doing and, and just really stepping out of the box when it comes down to entertaining the crowd. So it's been the most entertaining thing that I've seen thus far in AEW. Uh, everything that they've been doing from their debates to the La Dina, um Debonair. Um, it's been a lot of good stuff between MJF and Jericho. These guys are very entertaining. It was a very good match. And uh, it was very interesting to see two heels definitely go back and forth the way that they did. MJF is definitely the future of the business. And also this past weekend was Jericho's birthday. So um, in the end, it was uh, MJF getting the win over on Jericho, rolling him up with a handful of tights to get the win in the matchup. And now uh, MJF and Wardlow are now members of the inner circle. Then we had the elite deletion match between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. Of course, this was definitely one of those cinematic matches. Um, this was a very interesting match um, between these two guys. It was incredible. Um, they followed over the, the uh, <laughs> the compound uh they did everything inside the ring outside of the ring in the hangar out by the hangar i guess they went into the uh the lake of reincarnation you had the hurricane there you also had an appearance by gangrel he made a he made an appearance there as well but it was matt hardy getting the win over sammy Guevara in the uh elite, the elite deletion match and then we had the um the, uh, the tournament final match between kenny omega and Adam Hangman Page. The winner receives a shot for the AEW title. Both these guys definitely put on a very good match. Um, it was a technical marvel. It was a high-flying marvel. It was pretty much like your typical ROH style slash New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, match between um, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Uh, it really seems like uh, Kenny Omega definitely is leaning towards the cleaner persona which a lot of people have been waiting to see and um and it really seems like um adam page is feeling like he's being dejected right about now but i see a slow build for adam page and um in the future he's definitely going to be a top ranked contender and challenger for the aew heavyweight title so be on the lookout for that but your winner definitely was kenny omega he is now the number one challenger to the aew championship and he gets a future shot against the AEW world champion. Interestingly enough, I must admit that Impact Wrestling definitely had its presence felt there as well as Don Callis, the um, executive vice president of Impact Wrestling, was there 
to call the commentary for the match. So, you know, it was good to see that happening right there, that um, All Elite Wrestling is opening these doors. It has an open-door policy with um, not only with the Chinese promotion over there. Um, you know, I forgot the name of the Chinese promotion, but they got a relationship with the Chinese promotion. They have a relationship with um, AAA. Kenny Omega, of course, is still the AAA heavyweight champion as well. And they also have this, now they have this budding relationship with Impact Wrestling. Who knows what can possibly happen down the road. Maybe they just might be able to have a relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. Um, and maybe ROH. But we'll see how everything turns out. They also got this thing with the NWA. So we'll just, we're going to see how this turns out. And one of the highlight matches of the night. You had the AEW Tag Team Championship of the World. You had the Young Bucks uh, challenging FTR with Tully Blanchard in their corner. The stipulation of this match was, was that if the Young Bucks failed to win the AEW Tag Team titles, they would never get a shot at the AEW um, Tag Team Championships, similar to the way like Cody had um, removed himself out of the heavyweight title picture. Very good match between these guys. Now, <clears throat> for years, if you've been following the war of words between the elite and the revival or FTR, if you will, uh, both guys, both teams have been pretty much been going, been the talk of the town for the last few years, and everyone has been waiting to see all four men inside the ring. Um, go at it in a stellar match on pay-per-view. Although I think that it would have had more of an impact with a bigger crowd, but still, nonetheless, these guys put on a wrestling clinic. Now, I know there are a lot of people that don't like the Young Bucks, and I know that there are a lot of people that feel like um, FTR might be wasting their time. And that if they were to get in there with the Bucks, that they was going to teach them a wrestling lesson, and they were going to put on a wrestling clinic, and they were going to do this, and they were going to go, and they were going to do that. But lo and behold, both teams definitely pulled out all of the stops. It was a really good heel versus heel tag team match as well. Um, they played up on displaying and paying homage to all of the moves of the greatest tag teams of the era, of 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 the prior eras. I mean, they did everything here. So, um, we've seen the heart attack. We've seen the doomsday device. We've seen the um, the rocket. I think I think we might have seen the power and glory suplex into the splash. Well, I know that we um, we've seen the Meltzer driver. We've seen um, Wheeler do some high flying moves outside of their own right, and the Bucks were actually doing some technical wrestling as well. And Matt Jackson definitely working through the uh, the knee injury and the. Uh, the, the injury to the ankle and stuff like that. Uh, wrestled with one boot, hitting a super kick, and getting the win, and capturing the AEW Tag Team titles. So that was a very good match. I look forward to seeing the series of matches between the Bucks and um, FTR once again. So I, I definitely see these belts not hot potatoing, but they will be changing hands again. I can sense that happening as well. So we have brand new tag team champions in AEW with um dark with um the elite, the Young Bucks capturing their first ever AEW World Tag Team titles. Then 
in a semi-main, we had the TNT Championship, Cody versus Darby Allen. Now, this match right here <clears throat> has been pretty much the talk of the town. Cody's story basically is like, it's time for the former quote-unquote rookies to step up front. It's their time now, and this is what's happening. This is what's going on. But um, he feels like no more time for you guys to be the one-year darlings. It's time for you to really step up front and to, hold, and to gain your position within the company. So both Cody and Darby Allen, they've had a story where they um, fought to a time limit draw. Um, they've traded wins back and forth. Um, with Cody coming out on top on most of those matches. But this past Saturday, Darby Allen came out on top and got the pinfall on um, on Cody Rhodes. Oh, by the way, Cody Rhodes now officially has his name back. So he is, he is now fully known as the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. So... Cody Rhodes lost the TNT championship to Darby Allen. So we're going to see where things are going to go from there. I like the build up with this. This was a great story between both these guys. I thought it was an excellent matchup. So that's what's happening there. So congratulations to Darby Allen on capturing the TNT championship belt from the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. Then we had the AEW Women's World Title match. With Hikaru Shida taking on Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero in her corner. Hikaru Shida put up a very great match. She's had a pretty strong run as the women's champion uh, throughout the uh, portion of the of the year. Um, she had won the title from Nyla Rose in May. But they really didn't do too much to really build up the women's division. And that's one of the things that they were talking about. You know, whereas they're building up the division right now. Hikaru Shida was basically the... The, the title holder for quite some time. Nyla Rose, who had the title earlier this year, hadn't really gotten but a few but a few opportunities to try to recapture the title back, but really have come up short going up against um Hikaru Shida. But this was the final match this weekend. And in the end, it was um Nyla Rose capturing the all Elite Wrestling Women's World Title, making her the first ever two-time AEW World's Champion in the promotion. So, big up to Nyla Rose on capturing the championship. She won the match by pinfall. So, now we got to see who's going to be some a serious threat and challenger to uh, Nyla Rose and the title. And in the main event, John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston in an I quit match. This has been a very good matchup, ladies and gentlemen. From the time that Eddie Kingston got in, if you've been paying attention to all of the uh the build up between these guys, there's a lot there was a lot of drama to this match. Uh in the last bout that they had, John Moxley had um choked out Eddie Kingston in the bout and Eddie Kingston did not submit, did not quit, did not tap out, did not do anything. But this was a good match. So we're going to start off with um, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston comes out wearing all green and white um, wrestling gear, paying tribute to the great Mitsuhara Masawa of Pro Wrestling Noah and All Japan Pro Wrestling fame. 
Um, they put on a great match between these guys. They, these guys put on a, 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 a had a nice buildup. They had a very nice buildup um, going into this contest. Moxley's definitely improved himself as a technical marvel, a technical wrestler as well, besides just being the one-trick prony deathmatch style of a wrestler that a lot of people are kind of like turned off by, but you got to give credit where credit is due. John Moxley definitely has been um, putting up a great, great showing, proving to be the number one wrestler, not only in North America, but throughout the world. But in the end, it was John Moxley getting the win via submission, making Eddie Kingston quit, making him give up so that he could retain the title. And at the end of the, sh the end of the match, The number one contender comes out to um, challenge or actually to acknowledge that he is going to be challenging uh, Moxley for the title. So we will see John Moxley defending the AEW World Heavyweight title against Kenny Omega. So now let's talk about uh, AEW games. So Tuesday, this past Tuesday. AEW made the announcement that they are going to be releasing three sets of games for the fans um, entertainment delight. First, let's talk about the casino game that they're coming out with, which is Double or Nothing. A casino themed game uh Rotary game with the roulette table, I guess, or the um, slot machine game. That's basically what it is. It's, it's a slot. It's going to be a slot machine game uh, similar to if you play like some of the other games that um, have like the slot machine aesthetic to it. You can definitely um, play that there. So I believe that that's going to be very interesting. That's the first mobile game that's going to be released. Uh, one of the one of the two mobile games that's going to be coming out. So that was actually one of the last things they announced on their um on their video presentation that they did yesterday. You can actually see that on YouTube. So you can go there and take a look at that. Um, so you got the double or nothing uh, casino style simulator game that will be on mobile devices. And then they also announced that they're going to have a general manager style game that's also going to be on the mobile devices as well. And pretty much. It's going to be in the same grounds of uh, WWE uh, Champions and the New Japan Pro Wrestling card game um, where basically you get your cards, you build your roster, you build up your team and you um, have your, your, you know, your, your cards uh, do what, you know, do the work for you. So that's what's um, happening there with that. So that's going to be one of the next uh, mobile games that's going to be coming out um, under the AEW banner. But the big story that came out of this, hands down, is the um, was the prototype of the, um, the prototype footage of the AEW wrestling game that will be coming out <clears throat> on next generation um, platform games, which will include PlayStation Five, Xbox, um, the the Xbox Series. Um, I want to talk about that for a minute. Now, for those of you who play wrestling video games, everyone knows that um, 
the announcement of an AEW wrestling game was definitely one of the big deals that they were talking about once they announced that AEW was going to come into effect. And if you paid attention to all of the clues and the hints and things that was being brought to the table, um, Kenny Omega is definitely behind that. Um, and he was looking for, as they, as he stated, he was looking for some a company that would definitely bring back the 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 spirit of the of the wrestling games that most wrestling fans are familiar with. Now, for the last few years. WWE has been producing games through 2K Sports and the developer who has been making the games for 2K Sports was Ux Interactive. Ux Interactive is the company that developed the SmackDown games all the way from 1999 all the way up until its um, current Inception of games right about now. So Ux Interactive actually made every single WWE um, game on every platform from PlayStation 1 to the N64 to the Wii to the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 3, and the Xbox. But Ux Interactive have been around for a while. If you're familiar with Ux Interactive, Ux Interactive used to own shares of New Japan Pro Wrestling. They also used to make the New Japan Pro Wrestling games from Token Retsuden all the way up to the um the Token Retsuden series that was on the PlayStation 1 um and on the uh the Dreamcast all the way up to the Wrestle Kingdom games that was on the PlayStation 2 for Japan consoles only um up until that point and um I believe it was Exciting Pro Wrestling which was the first online simulated wrestling game which ended up becoming the smackdown game which was the first smackdown game that you can play online against other wrestlers on the internet on the playstation 2 so um they have been brought on to um develop the game for aew and as a surprise bonus kenny omega had the director and developer of the N64 wrestling series games, um, No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000, um, WCW versus NWO, WCW versus NWO Revenge, Virtual Pro Wrestling 2, Virtual Pro Wrestling 1. Um, they brought that cat out there to um, basically say that, yes, he's going to be behind all of those games and that um, they're going to make <clears throat> a big has impact. So that's actually going to be dope. They showed some of the stuff there. Some of the screenshot footage. Some of um, what the games will look like in motion. It looked pretty good. They um, showed um, highlights of um, Jericho. I mean, not Jericho. Um, Kenny Omega and Jericho in the ring. And then they showed um, highlights of uh, Kenny Omega and Hikaru Shida and what they look like. So... It looks pretty interesting, a little bulky for my taste as far as like the characters and stuff is concerned. I think that the characters could be streamlined to the way that they look for their aesthetic on television and stuff like that, but that's just me. But it's going to be interesting to see how Ux Interactive is going to develop the AEW games. So that will be pretty cool to take a look at. So you can go to the AEW website, you can um, um, AEW Games website, and you can take a look at what's going on there from that um 
Scorpio Sky um, was not able to make the pay-per-view over the weekend due to, um, you know, uh, pandemic that must not be named situations, but it was what it was. Um, it was stated that his match with Sean Spears, although it would not be on the pay-per-view, it will appear upon um, on Dynamite, which it did appear on Dynamite tonight. And speaking of Dynamite, I am going to get right into, I believe the Dynamite results might be up. If not, then, eh, you know, um, I, did, I did catch um, Dynamite. Dynamite was actually pretty good tonight. Um, the main event, of course, was um, actually almost start right from the beginning. Um, you had um, Brian Cage defeating Matt Seidel with a beautiful Steiner screwdriver from uh catching uh Matt Seidel from off the top rope going for uh one of uh, a flipping attack caught him in midair and caught him into the Steiner screwdriver to get the pinfall on um on Matt Seidel then you had Cody come out cut a promo um congratulating Darby Allen and then um this this young lady comes out Cuts a promo on um, Cody and tells Cody to be careful because you done woke up a sleeping giant since you're calling yourself a giant slayer. Well, the real giant's coming and he's gonna he's going to hurt you. And then she starts kind of flirting with Cody until when um, his wife Brandy comes out and lays wayside and just chews her out like a bad habit. But old girl, I, I don't know who this wrestler was, but um. She got up in uh, Brandy's face, and as soon as Brandy turned around, I thought she was going to cold cock her and knock upside the back of her head and, and set up something. But instead, she ended up grabbing um, Brandy by the chichis, by the butt cheeks. Know what I mean? So it was actually uh, pretty funny that I had um, Brandy tight for the whole night, man. Let me tell you that right now. Um, we had a bunkhouse stampede match between the Natural Nightmares versus the Butcher and the Blade. This match was actually good, man. Um, these guys went all over the place, went crazy. They tore the house down, beat each other up. Weapons, like weapons, you name it. They, chains, chairs, ladders, tables. There was a um, bulldog spot with um, Dustin hitting um, the the butcher with a bulldog right off the um, off the stage into. Uh, <laughs> into like a platform which was actually pretty good. Dustin is still going, man. You got to get props to Dustin. Dustin is uh taking names and whooping ass, man. He's still going strong. So, you got to give props to um Dustin Rhodes and what he's doing, man. And um QT Marshall. This guy is actually pretty doggone good too, man. Um Son hit like a lot of offensive moves. Actually, when he when the match started, it was um Marshall that hit the big dive over on um on on the uh the blade on the the blade simply because you know they got this little thing going on where the bunny was supposed to be his girlfriend but she joined the nightmare family was dating um QT Marshall spent all his money caused the you know caused a lot of issues you know just caused a lot of problems but the natural nightmares they got their big win they got their win tonight so um Congratulations to the Natural Nightmares on that for a, such a big win. Then we have Sean Spears taking on Scorpio Sky. Great match between both these guys. But at the end of the night, 
it was Scorpio Sky losing the match and, um, you know, due to dubious um, interference from Tully Blanchard, um, giving um, Sean Spears a, um, a loaded object, punched him, knocked him out, got the pen for one, two, three. Uh, Sean Spears is the winner. Uh, sad and dejected. Um, Scorpio Sky is a little pissed off, but um, I definitely see that um, there's a lot of stuff that's going on between these guys, so it's not going to come to an end. So that's what's going on with that. Um, let me see here. We had a um, induction ceremony of MJF joining the um, inner circle. Everyone comes out. Um, they're congratulating. Well, some of the guys are congratulating um, MJF for being a part of the inner circle. The only person that was a little like sideways about it was Ortiz. Ortiz, I mean, Ortiz is like, yo, come on, son. Like, he doesn't belong here. And then everyone was looking for um, Sammy Guevara. Sammy wasn't there. But they were going on to say that um, Sammy um, disappeared or was not in the building. He was he was called to go to the beach. Was it there for that? And MJF as um as a big thank you to to the, for joining the inner circle gave everybody first class tickets to go to Las Vegas, and Sammy Guevara did not get. Also, we had a promo package with uh, Matt Hardy talking about how he now respects um Sammy Guevara when he tells him now not to squander all of the the respect and the, um the information that he's given him so that he can. Go on and surpass himself to become a better wrestler throughout his AEW career. We also had an um, interview with the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks are, talk to, are looking to take on top flight next week for the AEW Tag Team titles. And that eventually they will take on the team of FTR in a rematch for the Tag Team Championships in the near future. And in the main event... We had Ray Phoenix taking on Pinto El Zero um, in, a, um, in, a, in, a, in a tournament rematch between both brothers. Um, great match. They killed each other. They were basically ripping the masks off of both, of both men. Both men was ripping the mask off of each other. A lot of great wrestling maneuvers from um, both luchadors. It was a great contest. Um, also, you heard on the commentary with um, Eddie Kingston. Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and um, Jim Ross. They were just talking about everything that was going on between um, the two brothers and how Tony Schiavone felt like, listen, man, I think you um, have been a hindrance in the um, in a relationship between um, Pentagon and, um, and Ray. So he's telling Schiavone, no, that's not the case. That's not the case. You know, I got mind your business, blah, blah, blah. Doing what Eddie Kingston does best. Just really just like rubbing it in on Tony's face. And in the end, it was um, Penta El Rey, I mean, Penta, Penta um, getting the win over his brother. And um, as he comes out, um, Eddie Kingston comes in the ring, cuts a promo, um, telling um, Penta that, listen, you're my best friend. I love you. You know, you don't need your brother. You know, your brother can basically go out on his own. You can stand on your own, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you hear Pac's music come out, come on the, on the, um, the PA system. Pac comes out, gets in Eddie Kingston's face. All of the referees and the officials come out to um, stop uh, Pac and Eddie Kingston from going to blows. And they close off the show stating that um, 
next week that they are going to face off against each other in a singles bout. And they also announced, too, that December 2nd, Kenny Omega and um, John Moxley will take on each other for the AEW World's Heavyweight title. That's going to be interesting. We got some New Japan news here. I'm going to get it right into. All right. Hmm. So the New Japan news, we're going to get into that. And this kind of ties into um, what's happening here with Kenta. Kenta, who was the New Japan Pro Wrestling USA um, Cup winner, who um, is the number one contender for the U.S. heavyweight title, issued a challenge on Twitter to John Moxley, letting him know that, listen, I am waiting for you. Hurry your ass so we can get this match going on between us. Let's get it going. Where are you? Here I am. Let's go. So hopefully this match will take place at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, the New Japan Power Struggle Show went down. And we're going to get right into that. I, I think it's time for me to really talk about this and this New Japan thing. But first, there's some um, Tony Khan news about um, AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling's potential relationship. So I want to pull that up. That, it was just right in my face, and I'm just going to get right into it. Here we go. This was from uh, from yesterday. AEW President Tony Khan spoke with TSN about where the relationship between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling is currently at. Khan also commented on his vision of AEW and how more programming is coming to TNT in 2021. Since AEW started up last year, fans hope that the company will work close together with New Japan Pro Wrestling as a way to share talent between both companies to provide the dream matchups that fans are waiting for. Although things have not materialized to where fans may be expecting, the two companies might be working together, working towards a direction as they head into 2021. As noted, a number of top AEW stars have stated that they are able to work in New Japan Pro Wrestling if the opportunity ever arises. AEW World Champion John Moxley is the current U.S. Heavyweight Champion for New Japan. And in recent weeks, we've heard about, we've heard more about New Japan Pro Wrestling mentioning mentioned on AEW television with an appearance of Hiroshi Tanahashi um, on Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary celebration. Now, as we all know, the former president and CEO Harold May left New Japan Pro Wrestling this month, and Khan felt like with his exit, maybe um, more can be worked out with the two promotions. With New Japan, it seems like it's a little more one-sided. We've sent people there, and I hadn't really seen people from New Japan show up on my pro on my program. Khan stated, I would like to see more of a two-sided relationship because I am honestly one of the easiest people to work with in wrestling. We've worked with the NWA, we've worked with AAA, and we've sent people to New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think that with Harold being gone, I don't know if it's going to be easier, but I have a feeling that it might be. Khan went on to say that he would like to see AEW become a place where stories from other promotions can actually come to a climax. I would like to see AEW be the center point of the wrestling world, where some of these big wrestling stories can accumulate. So I am really excited and open to working with anyone if the situation makes it makes sense for us. In regards to more programming on TNT, Khan confirmed that another show outside of Dynamite and YouTube's AEW Dark is coming to TNT in 2021. It's going to launch in 2021, 
concept of the new show. We worked it out with TNT, and it's 100% going into launch in 2021. I don't have an exact date yet, but I would look out for it real soon, and it's right around the corner. Let's talk about that. So, if you really look at it, you've got to see that there can be a possibility of New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW possibly working together simply because Harold May is gone. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, they weren't too happy with working with May because of payoffs and things of this nature. Um, and they felt like they weren't being the focal point of, of the promotion. Although the promotion has had focused itself on, uh, I guess, the promoting of uh, keeping things more of a home base for the Japanese talent, but they also know that these companies need to work together. I personally feel like there should be a point where Kenta should be coming out and issuing challenges like this to John Moxley to challenge for that U.S. heavyweight title, and it just it really needs to happen. And I think one of the best ways to do it is to have Kenta come out and challenge Moxley on AEW television. It would have been cool to see that happen. You know, although that John can't go to uh, New Japan at the stage of the game due to travel restrictions, and he can't appear on NW. I mean, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, which comes on on Fridays, he can't appear there. So why not have Kenta come over to All Elite Wrestling to challenge for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. That would be good. And I think it would be pretty badass to see um, Moxley defend that U.S. belt against Kenta so that Kenta could bring the belt back to Japan. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities with this. And I think that um, it going down the way that it's going, it's going to be pretty damn good. So we also have um, for next week's match on AEW, um, we have Orange Cassidy taking on Kip Sabian. Um, we also have, like I said, um, Top Flight taking on um, the tag team champions, the Young Bucks in a um, non-title match. And then we have Cody Rhodes and Darby Allin taking on Brian Cage and Ricky Starks in tag team action. And then, of course, they're going to focus on um, the Inner Circle all going to Las Vegas. In fact, um, Sammy Guevara did get a ticket to go to Vegas as well. Don't know if they um they swap tickets out to where he, he's going first class or he might be flying coach, but he is going to be there with these guys as they celebrate being in um the inner circle for MJF. You know, and um I think it's going to pretty much cause an internal strife between um Gravara. I think Gravara might be leaving um whatchamacallit uh <laughs> might be leaving the inner circle but that's between I, I I'm, I'm quite sure of these things that's what I'm thinking but you never know what's going to go down all right so let's get into the new Japan pro wrestling news power struggle took place this past Saturday and we're going to get right into it but first there has been an injury update there has been an injury update but I will get into that um Let's get right into it. Let me see here. First, we're going to talk about um, Kanemaru. Yoshinobu Kanemaru, one half of the junior heavyweight tag team champions, injured his right knee and is unable to compete in Konichi, which was like a couple of days ago, but he should be back in order right about now. So um, 
he will be back real soon because he has to be involved in the uh, best of the Super Juniors tournament that will be um, taking place right about now. So Connemara will be back, and then eventually he will have to defend the IWGP Junior Tag Team title as well. So he will be back for that. Okay, let us get right into the Super J Cup um, 27 tournament, the best of Super Juniors and the Super J Cup tournament as well. So let's get right down into it. Um, a while back, New Japan Pro Wrestling has announced that um, they will be doing both the best of the Super Juniors and the Super J Cup 2020 this year. So we're going to get right down into it. The best of the Super Juniors tournament will be taking place um, um, right now. It's getting ready to start this weekend. And um, in the previous years, let's get right into it. It had announced that uh, the best of the Super Juniors tournament will be taking place in previous years and included 20 wrestlers in two blocks, but this year will only be 10 wrestlers in one block. The top two wrestlers with the highest points will meet each other on December 11th at the Nippon Budokan in Tokyo. That's also going to take place um, the same night the World Tag League um, tournament winners will be crowned as well. So we're going to run down all of the New Japan guys that are involved in this year's tournament. We have Robbie Eagles, Hiromu Takahashi, Ryusuke Taguchi, Master Wato, Sho, El Desperado, Bushi, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. His knees should be fine, so he should be good. Doki and Taji Ishimori, the junior heavyweight champion. These guys will be competing in this year's tournament. And in New Japan USA, they're going to have the Super J Cup tournament as well. Um... It is going to be an eight-man single elimination tournament, which will be airing live December 12th on New Japan World. It's going to feature former WWE stars as well as wrestlers representing other promotions such as Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. Some of those stars included will be TJP, ACH, Leo Rush, Chris Bay, Ray Horace, Blake Christian, Clark Carners, and El Phantasmo. That's going to be pretty damn good. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to turn out. Um, the World Tag League um, contestants were um, announced as well. But before we get into that, I'm going to give you guys the results from Power Struggle. All right. So let's get right down into it. We had the opening contest featuring... Um, the KOPW King of Pro Wrestling 2020 Championship No Corner Match Stipulation Yano Toro getting the victory over Zack Sabre Jr. It was a count out victory for Zack Sabre Jr. Um, the match went as it follows um, The turnbuckle pads were removed There were um, There was no need to use the turnbuckles in this match Although they were used as weapons to a certain degree But it was Yano Toro who basically outsmarted Zack Sabre Jr. Tying the laces of his wrestling shoes together right around the guardrail so that he can get the um this uh get the count out victory over on Zack Sabre Jr. Your winner in that one was um Yano Toro. All right. The next bout was the never open weight championship as Minoru Suzuki defended the title against Shingo Takagi. In a rematch from Meiji Stadium from late earlier this summer, uh, both guys have been like really going at each other. They've been taking names and kicking ass. 
and it was a brutal match between these guys. Is that's what you're gonna get when you see Minoru Suzuki and Shingo Takagi go at it in a singles bout. But in the end, it was um, Shingo Takagi getting the pinfall over Minoru Suzuki to become the brand new never open weight champion. So um, it is going to be a it was a good bout between those guys. Then we had the great Okan taking on Kazuchika Okada. Pretty good match between both these guys. Okan has has been real impressive. Um, at first, I was a little skeptical about the, the, the gimmick because it's like, oh, okay, he's doing this old school um, Mongolian slash um, journey to the east, journey to the west uh, type of um, character. But Okan has definitely... Um, Really stepped his game up since he's come back from England, being a part of the um the Empire, the brand new faction with uh, Will Ospreay and B Priestley. So um, it was a good match between these two guys. Okada getting the um the getting the victory with the um Cobra Clutch, aka the Money Clip, to get the win over on uh Great Okarn, and then that set up for a promo between both Okada and Will Ospreay with Osprey challenging um okada to a singles match at wrestle kingdom for i believe it's either going to be night one or night two at wrestle kingdom but however the rev pro british heavyweight title would not be on the line i think it would be a good match if the rev pro title was on the line um to see that okada would get an opportunity at that belt but i believe um something else might come out of this and um i expect for um Will Ospreay to pull off the upset to beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, but that's just me. So now what happens is that Okada calls for Ospreay in the ring. The aerial assassin asks for the microphone in the beginning of the match. He um he congratulates Okada for a successful match, but he stated that since he left Chaos, he's living the best life of the rich and famous, but it's not enough. And he says, I wonder what would happen if I ended the Rainmaker's career at the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom. Okada grabs the mic and says, I don't know what you said, but I recognize four things. You, me, singles match, Wrestle Kingdom. So it goes where it goes from there. I'm for it. It's not a brotherly match anymore. I'm just going to kick your ass. Then they go on to have the next bout, which was for the U.S. contract, U.S. championship contract condition. Kenta defended his contract against Hiroshi Tanahashi. This was a good match between both guys, man. Um, Tanahashi put up one hell of a fight. But at the end of the day, it was Kenta getting the pinfall um, on Tanahashi to get the win to retain the contract so that he can challenge. Actually, it was, um, it was a submission. He rolled himself out of the um, the, the Texas Cloverhold and got the win over on Kenta to retain the title. Then we had the semi-main event, the Wrestle Kingdom title um, title match contract between Kota Ibushi and Jay White. Jay White pulled off the upset, ladies and gentlemen, with a lot of heel tactics. Jay White defeated Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi was pissed off about this as Jay White has become the first ever wrestler in New Japan Pro Wrestling history to basically win the contract from the G1 Climax contract winner. Um, now he is the number one challenger and he's looking to take on 
Naito Tetsuya, January 5th at Wrestle Kingdom for the Double Crown. But there's going to be some ramifications coming out of this one, you know, um, and we're going to get right into that. The final match we seen Naito Tetsuya defend the IWGP Double Crown Championship against Evil. Evil pretty much got the upper hand in his match against Naito, along with Dick Togo, who is his corner man. A lot of um interesting stuff took place in this match. And just when it seemed like uh I'm just gonna speed right into a lot of the stuff. Evil sent Naito crashing into the same New Japan commentator table twice. Evil then puts Naito in a single crab lock. Naito drags himself over to grab to the bottom ropes. Naito then pumps the brakes on the fisherman buster. Naito sends Evil towards the corner for a Hurricane Rada, followed by Esperanza. Naito only gets a two count. Dick Togo then steps in, interferes. Red Shoe kicks him out. Evil then swings for the fences with a chair shot. Back in the ring, Evil hits his fisherman buster before going for the pin, but he only got a near fall account, near fall attempt. Naito found himself footing his DDT again. Evil blocks. Naito's idea then comes up with a top rope backbreaker, which actually looked very damn sick. Now, of course, the fans were definitely behind Naito in this matchup, man, but let me tell you something. As things were going on, Yujiro Takahashi comes out to interfere in a match. And that really didn't work. Jay White comes out to interfere in a match. That started to work, but it didn't really go all the way the, that it needed to. And then it was uh, Sonata coming out making the save for um, Naito for him to um, go on to finish up with the match. And um, Naito pins uh Evil to retain the heavyweight title after two Destinos. Then at the end of the match, Jay White and Gato comes out to show Naito his newly won briefcase. White grabs a mic and tells him that his Bullet Club brothers have failed to capture the titles as of late, but not him. He said he's going to be, he's going to take the first night off from Wrestle Kingdom, but he says on the second night he's going to challenge for both belts. And he tells that his new path towards Naito's titles, his Destino. Kota Ibushi walks down to the ring. White and Gato leaves the ring. White reminds him that he has nothing. His game is up. And Kota Ibushi goes up the ramp. And then that's pretty much the end of the show. But the following day, they had the press conference. And Jay White issued the statement letting him know that, listen, I have the briefcase. I need a new briefcase. I have the contract. I'm tearing. He tore up the original contract and asked for Chairman Shigabayashi to make a brand new contract so that Jay White can sign it and that um, Gato is making a brand new briefcase for him so that he can carry the briefcase around for the remainder of the year until January 4th, January 5th. So now, with that being said, Naito comes out at the press conference and he states, well, you know, I have the champion privilege. Now, this is what I want to do. He says... There's one person that deserves a shot at this title, and that is the actual G1 winner, and that was Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi, who had his contract taken from him, basically was put out of the tournament. But, I mean, well, not the tournament, but put out of the main event for Wrestle Kingdom. But Naito wants to give them a shot because it's champion privilege, and he feels this is what's best 
So he wants to defend the double crown championship against Kota Ibushi. So it's now set that the double crown title will be defended twice at Wrestle Kingdom this year, this coming year, like how it was last year when they did the formation of the double crown. Where if Naito retains the IWGP double crown, he will defend the championship against against um, Kota Ibushi. If Kota Ibushi wins the match and becomes the double champion on night one at Wrestle Kingdom, he will then defend the title against Jay White. But let's get down to what I think is going to go down for Wrestle Kingdom. For starters, we're definitely going to see um, Evil versus Sonata in singles action. I think that that's that's definitely going to happen, and I also see I also sense that um, that there's going to be trouble within Bullet Club, and it's all going to pretty much turn up and blow up. I think in either Jay White's it's Jay White's mat favor or against Jay White at the kingdom. So maybe there's a good chance that Jay White might not win the um the January 5th portion of Wrestle Kingdom. But if he does, you know, it would be interesting to see how this all turns out. Because if not, what I sense happening is I sense that evil is going to be the one that's going to cost Jay White the match. It's going to cost Jay White the uh, um, the titles due to the fact that there's internal beef between both between both parties right about now. There's going to be a civil war brewing within the Bullet Club, so just be on the lookout for that. Um, Kenta definitely will be challenging John Moxley. John Moxley will have to come to Japan to defend the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Title. Um, against Kenta um, and I can pretty much feel in my heart as much as I would love to see Moxley retain the US title I see that belt going around the waist of Kenta Shingo Takagi will be challenged will, will be defending his um, never open weight championship and a match, I, and I think it's either going to be um, either the Stone Pitbull, um, Tomohiro Ishii, or Minoru Suzuki once again for the title. Or you just might see Jeff Cobb somewhere challenging for that title as well. I believe that um, those would be poised, those would be the guys that would be poised to um, capture the, um, well, to be the one in the spot to challenge Shingo Takagi for the um, never open weight title. Um, Taji Ishimori, who is the junior heavyweight champion of, uh, of the world. I personally can see this. <clears throat> he will be defending the title against the winner of the Super J Cup. Now. Excuse me. Not the Super J Cup. But the best of the Super Juniors. 
And the reason why I state that is because um, you got to look at the field. You have several guys there that are lo that's looking for an opportunity to become the junior heavyweight champion um, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You got Hiromu at the top. You got Master Wato, who's coming in second. You got um, Kanemaru, and you also got Desp El Desperado. They're looking for cracks at that belt. Um, maybe, who knows, maybe Taguchi might probably get an opportunity at that title. He definitely deserves a singles run. But I sense that maybe him and Wato might um, go after the junior tag team titles. I can sense that happening. Um, show, I'm not going to count Show out because... Uh, Show definitely deserves an opportunity at that junior heavyweight title. And another person I can kind of see going for that belt would be Doki. But um, Doki's a little busy right about now. Um, but if all goes the way that I think it might go, as far as like the um, junior tag belts, um, those tag belts definitely got to be defended. So we got to see how that turns out. The Jay White um, situation, I, I'm sorry for talking about Jay White. Um, but the, um, whatchamacallit, the, um, why am I thinking Jay White? I don't know why I'm thinking Jay White. Kenta versus John Moxley. I definitely see, uh, Moxley, um, either retaining or losing the title. I could definitely see that. And I also see, um, in a weird sort of way, I definitely could see, um, Jay White pulling an, ups, an upset against uh, Kazuchika Okada, but only because it's it's about time for um, Kaz to start putting over um, um, Will Ospreay. I think Will Ospreay definitely deserves an opportunity to um, pick up a big win up against this uh, up against the Rainmaker. So I can sense that happening. So um, I look forward to that. Also, let's keep in mind. We also have the um, the World Tag League um, definitely taking place as well. Um, we had I hadn't gotten into talking about the um, World Tag League. I need to talk about that because that's also going to um, um, take place over the um, the course of time when they do the um, the best of the super. I mean, when they do the, um, the best of super juniors twenty seven. So that's going to be pretty damn cool as well. So let's talk about the World Tag League. Now, this is definitely one of my favorite um, uh, tournament stories as well as far as the um, the match and stuff is concerned. Oh, okay. There's been a change in the lineup. Yoshinobu uh, Yoshi, um, Kanemaru is definitely going to um, not be in the tournament due to the knee being as bad as it is. So Yuya Imura, the young lion, will be taking his place in the tournament. So that is going to be very interesting to see what's going on with that. Now, let me see here. Um, We got, we got a lot of stuff going on over here in New Japan Pro Wrestling, boy. Um, this weekend for Strong, um, we have... Um, some big matches coming up. We got Juice Robinson taking on, um, you know, Juice Robinson's debut on New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong. I'm going I'm to get into this right here because it's going to be for Friday. So we got this taking place. Um, 
PJ Black will be taking on Tama Tonga. And in six-man tag action, you're going to see uh, Brody King, Juice Robinson, and Carl Fredericks taking on Chase Owens, Tonga Loa, and Jay White in a six-man tag. We got Fred Rosier taking on Tom Lawler this coming Friday. And then we also have ACH and Blake Christian taking on Alex Zane and Adrian Quest. That's going to be for this Friday Strong. So definitely look for that on New Japan World. That's going to be a pretty, I think that's going to be a pretty good bout. Um, Finley will challenge Kenta for the briefcase November 20th against Kenta. David Finley will take on Kenta in the main event of um, week two of New Japan's um, showdown on November 20th with a stack four match card across the entire hour of New Japan Pro Wrestling World. Kenta has been a marked man since he's won the IWGP U.S. right to challenge briefcase at the New Japan Cup USA, especially considering the controversial means that he has used it to attain victory since the summer. Kenta has brought the briefcase with him into conflict on both sides of the Pacific. It will be with both the briefcase and the championship rights stronger than ever now that Kenta will take on David Finley in a rematch of the New Japan USA Cup final on November 20th. Finley eliminated um, Kenta back on night two of the ne of Never and has since been fighting hard to get a shot at that contract. Now he has the chance. But could Finley, a world tag league entrant with Juice Robinson, um, end up with his year as the number one contender for both singles and tag team gold? We'll never know. Then we got J.R. Kratos taking on Jeff Cobb in a singles match. That's going to be pretty damn good. And then we got Rocky Romero taking on Rusty Taylor. And then we also have Clark Connors and the DK the D, the DKC taking on Sterling the the Regal brothers Sterling and Logan Regal. That's gonna be pretty damn good as well. So let's get into this. I need to find my World Tag League information, man, because that's gonna be pretty damn good. Um, God damn it! Here we go. World Tag League. World Tag League. World Tag League. All right. The World Tag League entry has been set. So let's get right down to it. These are the teams that are going to participate in the tournament. We got the defending champions, Finjuice, Juice Robinson, and David Finley. Um, this will be their third time in the tournament. They are the 2019 tag team winners. Defending the World Tag League, defending World Tag League champions, Finley and Juice Robinson lead off the entry into the World Tag League tournament this year. Last year they both took the um WTL um trophies and they also won the titles at Wrestle Kingdom so now they're looking to get back into taking care of things and recapturing not only to two-peat the um the win but to perhaps go after the World Tag League champions next the number two seed Dangerous Techers Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi they are involved in the tournament as well the Number three seed, as far as I'm concerned, is the uh, Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga, and Tonga Loa. This is the tournament that has eluded the Gorillas of Destiny. If there is one thing that both G.O.D. need to do, and that's to win the World Tag League, and I think perhaps maybe they may have a chance to do it. Hinar Ace, the team of um, Toa Hinari and Hiroshi Tanahashi, will be involved in the Tag League tournament. Tanahashi won the World Tag Team title along with Kota Ibushi earlier this year um, in February. And they went on to um, hold on to hold on to the belts 
for a brief period of time after losing the belts to Dangerous Techers. Hanari's making his return. Now we're looking forward to seeing the um, the Kiwi Warrior along with um, Tanahashi um, make a wave for himself. This could perhaps be the chance for Hanare to rise up in the ranks and to actually win New Japan Gold to win his, um, I believe, his second title. I believe that um, Hanare is a former never six-man tag champion, but it's about time for Hanare to step up, and he can probably do it with Tanahashi. A lot of people are wondering what's going on, what's going to happen with Tanahashi going forward, because he too is looking at trying to find a way to get into Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe he can get in there. Um, with Hanare as um, challenges for the tag team title, or just maybe, just maybe, just as a as as a as a potential maybe, something might come about where he could possibly be a challenger to the never open weight title, or find a way to get involved in taking on the winner of the um, Moxley and um, Kenta match for the U.S. Championship. The Two-thirds of the uh, never six-man tag team champions are going to be involved in the tournament. Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Yoshihashi's had a strong year this year, man. So, um, you never know. Him and Goto will probably could probably be like the Dark Horse favorite to win. Goto, who has been a two-time winner of the World Tag League um, tournament himself, along with Carl Anderson and with Katsuyori Shibata, um, this could probably be a really big, big bout for, um, and a big win for Yoshihashi to become World Tag League Champion. That would be, uh, that would be the Cinderella story of this tournament. Another tag team tournament, um, entry, you got, um, Yano Toru and Tomohiro Ishii, who was the other third holder of the Never Six Man Tag Title, and Yano Toru, who is the King of Pro Wrestling 2020 Champion, uh, this is the first time they teamed up in quite some while. They were originally a part of Great Bash Hill, and then, um, of course, you know their their chaos and everything. So there's a good chance that maybe um, these guys could possibly pull off the win and get a crack at those heavyweight tag team titles. We also have um, Lij's entry with Shingo Takagi and Sonata. This is um. This is actually going to be um, Sonata's third entry into the um, World Tag League. And um, he's definitely looking to get some bit of glory because I think that Sonata definitely deserves something right about now after pulling off some stellar matches. I believe that he's definitely in the right place. Shingo Takagi, who is the current never openweight champion, he's definitely um, looking to make some head waves into this tournament, so I can definitely see something big coming out of this one. They're probably my other Dark Horse favorite in this tournament as well. Then we got our Bullet Club entries with Yujiro and Evil teaming up. That's going to be pretty interesting because Evil is a two-time winner of the World Tag League Tournament and a multiple-time World Tag Tag Champion. Um, Yujiro is a former Tag Team Champion as well. I do not believe that he has ever won the World Tag League. Him and Naito, I'm not too sure if Team No Limit ever won the World Tag League. But it will be interesting to see how this goes about. Um, this contingency of the Bullet Club is definitely strong because this is the Japanese presence of Bullet Club. And they're looking to make some noise. The other entry in this is the other Bullet Club um, members. 
Um, Tokes Fale, Bad Luck Fale, the Rogue General, and Chase Owens. This is this is the other Dark Horse team right here. So you definitely got to keep your eye out on this to see how this is going to turn out. It'll be good also to see um, Fale back in the New Japan ring. He's been missed, and it'll be good to see the Rogue General. And last and certainly not least, we have the great old Karn and X. Rounding out the tournament will be the team comprising of the Empire and consisting of the great old Karn and their mystery partner. After power struggle in Osaka, Will Ospreay made the allusions to a new third active member of the Empire, and we will find out who X is um, when they um, do the tournament um, this weekend. Speculation is sure to run rampant, and with a literal X factor in the league, this would be a team that would be impossible to make a game plan for. So, we also have now this um, mystery entry coming into the um, the tournament. It would be good to see how that plays out. So, we just got to wait and see who's going to join the Empire, who's going to be Okarn's um, tag team partner. Um, we just got to wait and see how this turns out. That's going to be pretty badass. If you go to New Japan site, you'll definitely read... Uh, Kota Ibushi's um, opportunity to um, perhaps maybe become the G1, well not the G1 winner, but to perhaps maybe become the double crown champion if he's able to get the win um, against Naito on night one. So we're going to see how that goes about. Um, we got the information about the best of the Super Junior. Um so, actually, this is the card that is taking place because you have Best of the Super Junior matches versus... Um, you got Best of the Super Junior matches and you also have um, World Tag League matches taking place as well. So, we're going to get right into it. The main event is going to be um, Hiromu Takahashi versus Taji Ishimori in the uh, Best of Super Juniors match. We have a rematch. Finn Juice taking on Gorillas of Destiny in a World Tag League um, match, which is going to be the semi-main. We also have um, Taguchi Ryusuke taking on El Desperado in a singles match. We have um, another World Tag League match, Sonata and um, Shingo taking on Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. We got Master Wato taking on Yuyi, um, Yura Imura in a singles match. He's the replacement for Kanemura in this year tournament. We have Dangerous Techers uh, in a tag league match against Evil. I mean, not say Evil against um, Yoshihashi and Girl and Goto. Then we have uh, Bushi versus Sho in a singles match in the um, Best of Super Juniors tournament match. Then we got Tanahashi and Hanari versus. Um, Okarn and X. Then we have Robbie Eagles, who's making his return, taking on Doki in a Best of Super Juniors match. And then we have Chase Owens and um, Bad Luck Fale taking on Yano Toru and um, God damn it, Tomohiro Ishii in a singles bout. So, yeah, so this is pretty much as stacked as it's going to be stacked, ladies and gentlemen. So that's going to be pretty damn good. So definitely be on the lookout for this. 
New Japan, All Elite Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance have been doing some major stuff, man. Um, I'm around out the show basically with uh, a couple other things. If you guys get a chance, go to Amazon Videos. There's a wrestling documentary I want you guys to take a look at. And that is the documentary that is highlighting the career of the legendary Sweet Daddy Seeky. Now, I'm going to do um, an episode based on Sweet Daddy Seeky in, uh, in a matter of time. Um, I was coming across it while watching the uh watching Amazon a while back and this one was a very good documentary now if you want to talk about um, great wrestling personas heels stars baby faces whatever you have to throw sweet daddy Siki in the mix if you don't know who sweet daddy Siki is sweet daddy Siki is a black man from Texas who went on to become one of Canada's biggest pro wrestling stars he was one of the first guys to be involved in a um, integrated match against Nature Boy Buddy Rogers for the NWA World's Heavyweight title in Memphis, Tennessee, and they wrestled in front of the Ku Klux Klan. That's a big, big deal. He's been a big star as far as like African-American stars in the sport of professional wrestling, along with names such as Sailor Art Thomas, Bobo Brazil, Tiger Conway, Abdullah the Butcher. Um, Sweet Daddy Siki has challenged um, a lot of a lot of different talents all over the world, but his his notoriety came for not only challenging Buddy Rogers to the world title and happened to fight against him in in a bout where there's Klansmen um, surrounding the ring because they were not tolerating any kind of integration in the South during that time, let alone having an integrated wrestling match. Um, so that's definitely a big deal. Um, Sweet Daddy Siki inspired a lot of the uh, WWE wrestlers back in the day, such as Bret Hart, such as Edge, such as um, Christian. Um, he's just a big, big name. Um, he was the first black man to have blonde hair. He set that trend. Before um, Shelton Benjamin and before Butch Reed was wearing blonde locks, Sweet Daddy Siki had blonde hair. Also, Sweet Daddy Siki is an accomplished um, country western singer as well. So, it was such a big deal. Sweet Daddy Siki is a Hall of Famer. He's in the uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's also in the WWE Hall of Fame as well, too. Um, he initially was... In my opinion, the Black Gorgeous George of professional wrestling. And it's a very good documentary. But when I get the opportunity to talk about it, I will definitely talk about it. It is a must watch. I definitely assure you guys to watch that documentary. So that's what's going on from there. All right, folks. So we did that there. Uh, we thank you for tuning in to this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. Um Man, it's been quite some time since I did some rambling like this. This is a, uh, I think it's a pretty good listen. I hope that you guys enjoyed yourselves listening to this event um, that I recorded for you to um, at this juncture of the game. So we thank you for tuning in. 
Don't forget we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, Podbeam, Castbox, Deezer, Tuned In, and Podcast Addict. Follow us on our social medias, M Double Forty Four at Instagram, Dietrich Davis at Instagram, um, XM Nightbuster on um, Twitter, Team DDOD at gmail.com send your questions and we'll damn sure be ready to answer those for you guys also ladies and gentlemen um we're definitely looking for sponsors so if you would like to be a sponsor to our show please be sure to do that if you have any questions about um looking to become a potential um sponsor um sponsor with us please reach dietrich at the email address team ddod at gmail.com and um just continue to follow us folks we thank you very much for tuning into this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. It was a mouthful, I assure you. It was, but it was very informative, given my opinion and views about um, what's going on in AEW, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance. Um, also, oh, by the way, a little bit of ROH news. We have a brand new uh, pure wrestling champion as Jonathan Grisham uh, is the winner of the pure wrestling tournament. He... Um, went on to capture the title. He is now a double champion in ROH along with Jay Lethal holding the ROH World Tag Team titles. So um, they're definitely doing their thing right there. The foundation, that's what they call themselves. Jonathan Grishin is the pure heavyweight champion. So congratulations to him on capturing the pure championship title belt. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I am Mark Knight. I am your host. I am done for this time. And we thank you for tuning in to this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. We'll see you guys soon.